Father, we thank you for this great morning. What an incredible morning of worship that we have had, being able to gather in freedom, being able to sing praises to your name. And we are soon approaching uh, Christmas, the time that we celebrate our Savior's birth. Oh God, I pray that through the Holy Spirit that you would meet us in this place this morning and that you would speak to our hearts and to our minds in the truth of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning. This morning we are starting a new series. It's just two weeks, it's the Christmas series. And this morning I've entitled it The Element of Surprise. So if you have a Bible, we're gonna be in Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 25. If you need a Bible, slip a hand up. We've got some ushers coming down the aisle. They'd love to get one in your hands that you can use this morning or take it home if need be. It's hard to believe that it's Christmas season. I, I don't know for you, um, but today we're gonna learn about God's plan as we look at Joseph's life, as in Mary and Joseph. While we're not uh, Joseph and Mary, obviously, there are certainly some life principles that we can glean from their life story and their experiences, and that's what I hope for the next two weeks. So first of all, here's, here's my first idea out of verses 18 and 19. And it's the idea of stop trying to fix God's plan. And verse 18 and 19 says this, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Uh, Joseph was this, no doubt, hardworking carpenter by trade. He, he most likely was a, was a pleasant young man. He most likely was a handsome young man, and he kind of stayed out of trouble, kept to himself. He was committed Jew and therefore very conscientious about the requirements of the law. And back in those days, young people didn't hook up or, or even go out on a date as what we would like to call it. A young man and a woman often at a very young age, at 13, 14, 15 years old, if you can just imagine, would through various means demonstrate their interest in one another. No doubt Joseph would daily go about his carpentry business and Mary was helping uh, with the family, her family, and he and Mary were betrothed or as we might say, engaged to be married. Uh, the idea of betrothal or engagement, they, they have some similarities. So we try to use words today or experiences today to understand there's some similarities, but, but there's also some distinct differences. The period of betrothal was much more serious than what we might take engagement period today. In fact, the only way that they could, they could break this betrothal period would be through divorce. And the relationship was much more binding than what we practice today in the engagement. And it wasn't uncommon for there to be this, this interval of 10 to, to 12 months between the contract or when it says that he was pledged to be married, this contract or this betrothal and what they might call the celebration or what we might call the wedding day celebration. A woman who was betrothed was referred to as wife. And a husband who was betrothed was referred to husband. And prior to the wedding day and even during this betrothal, this engagement period, it was unacceptable for a man and a woman to engage in any sort of intimate relations. If such a relationship was entered, it would have been considered unfaithfulness. 
So, so Jer- uh, Joseph and Mary going about their everyday lives, waiting and looking forward to the day that they would officially celebrate. Mary had an encounter with an angel who essentially told her, you will be with child and give birth to a son and you're to give him the name of Jesus. To which Mary responded, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. And right after this encounter with the angel, Mary hurried off to see her cousin, Elizabeth. And then the unthinkable happened. And Joseph's world was rocked. Mary came bouncing into town after being gone for three months, excited to see Joseph, excited to see the rest of the family, only there was a really small problem. She had either eaten way too many Christmas cookies or she was pregnant. And the latter was true. And she returned home from this journey pregnant. Joseph turned from this this whipped young man into an angry and, and disappointed and, and confused young man. And while Joseph naturally focused on the circumstances at hand, there, there was something so much bigger that was going on in him and around him because God was at work and God's plan was being revealed right before his very eyes. So from Joseph's perspective, everything was going according to schedule. And then the unthinkable happens. This was not in the cards for Mary, at least from from his perspective. Their plans were all in place and, and this traditional betrothal and marriage plans were well underway. And it's a great reminder for all of us, regardless of what is going on in our lives, God is always working in us and God is always working around us. And if you're a believer, no doubt your world has been rocked like Joseph's. You're just doing life and then kabam. God shows up. And in an instant, everything changes. Your focus goes from self to now God has your attention. At least that's what should happen. Instantly, you are reminded that God is there. You're reminded that God is alive and he's active. He's not some old man who's, who's fallen asleep in a rocking chair. He's not asleep. He's not on vacation. He's not unavailable to come to the phone. He's none of those things. He's alive and he's working right now. There is never a moment when God is not working. Can we just pause there for a second? I just wanna give you a chance to ponder that thought. There is never a moment when God is not working. How do I know that? Because scripture teaches that we are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Friends, we cannot do that on our own. It requires the work of God in us. So let me say it again. There's never a moment when God is not working. Right now, today, this hour, this minute, this second, God is working in you right now. What is he up to in your life? 
What area of your life is he focusing in on? Is he kind of honing in on? What is he asking you to do? What area of your life is he asking, hey, would you just step out in faith? Right now, he is busy healing people from physical pain and emotional pain. He's busy wrapping his arms around his children who need to be comforted. He is busy telling and reminding people of the love that he has for them. He's busy renewing minds and setting people free from the bondage of sin. He's busy ministering to the brokenhearted and giving peace to the weary. He is busy granting peace to the anxious and giving understanding to those in question. That's what he's doing. Can you point to any kabam moments in your life when God showed up? Totally unexpected. Maybe it was the time when he answered a prayer and, and, a, and a burden was lifted. Maybe God opened a door. Maybe he made a way when there seemed to be no way. Maybe he prevented something from happening and you don't, you don't even know what that was about until now you can look back and you can see God's hand in it. Maybe he interrupted your plans in order that his plans would be fulfilled. Joseph's world was rocked when he came face to face with the reality of, of Mary's pregnancy. He knew full well he had not been with her. So her pregnancy was a bit alarming. Can you just imagine the look on his face? Oh wait, uh, that, I think that was actually a selfie of me when I found out we were pregnant with our first. <laughs> Junior year in college, we'd been married a year and a half. Our plan was to finish college and we find out that Lori's pregnant and I blamed her. <laughs> she blamed me. We started crying. Tears of joy, of course, right? But man, put yourself in Joseph's shoes. What would your face look like? What we're being reminded of is that God doesn't need our permission to rock your world. That's why we call him God. The word surprise is not in God's vocabulary. How did Joseph respond? Verse 19 could be summed up saying, I'll handle this. So verse 19 says this, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He had the perfect solution. He had the perfect plan. Joseph was described as a righteous man. He knew full well that the law required that such persons, as in the case of Mary, would be put to death. However, because righteousness is, is guided by mercy, he decided to put her away or, or to, to divorce her privately so nobody would even know what was going on, meaning because he was kind and he was tender and he was merciful that he was so attached to Mary that he was not willing to allow her to be exposed to public shame. Adultery has always been considered a crime of a very heinous nature. In Egypt, it was punished by cutting off the nose. In Persia, the nose and the ears would be cut off. In Judea, the punishment was death by stoning. And so in this case, it would be death by stoning. 
And the law of Moses gave the husband the power of divorce. It was customary in a bill of divorce to specify the causes of which and the reasons why you're gonna get divorced. And there had to be witnesses. But in this case, it seems that Joseph resolved to put her away without specifying the cause, for he was not willing to, to have her be this public example. And as you might imagine, Joseph was very attached to her, but, but her character was likely it would be ruined. Mary was innocent, but Joseph was not yet satisfied of her innocence. He wasn't convinced. And after assessing the situation, Joseph did what any man would do. He said, I'll fix this. Because that's what men do. We're fixers. Ladies, how many times have you shared something with your man and he responds by putting on his Superman outfit and he says, I will fix this. All the while, you're only halfway through your story. If it's broke, we'll fix it. That's why it takes men sometimes longer to humble themselves before God. Who needs God when, when we can do everything? Joseph must have been a stubborn and nearsighted young man, unable to recognize that Mary's pregnancy was from God. I mean, how could he not see it? How could he miss this miracle? How could he miss this, the handiwork of God? But the real question is, how do we miss it? How often do we come face to face with God's miraculous handiwork and we just brush it off? How quickly we dismiss God's work, ready to take care of the situation. Sometimes I, I dismiss or, or miss the extraordinary or the miraculous or the unexplainable or the unfathomable work of God. And in doing so, my answer is simply, just like Joseph, I can handle this. And ladies, you know that that isn't just men. But next, verse 20 and 21 my challenge is pay attention to God's plan. And the scripture says this, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Have you ever been in a situation where you insisted on yourself and, and, and fixing it and then God reminds you that it's not for you to fix. In fact, it's not even your plan that's important, that it's his plan. That's what happened with Joseph. Joseph's intent was not to go directly against God's plan. He, he was just too focused on solving the problem at hand that he failed to recognize the handiwork of God. So God stepped in and prevented him from doing something stupid. Would it be, I don't know that I would want this, but it would be crazy if God were ever to reveal to us to be able to look back in our life and to see all the times that he stepped in so that we wouldn't do something stupid. Joseph was unaware of his involvement in God's miracle. See, he was a part of it. 
He had gotten himself so busy and preoccupied with life that he hadn't, that it hadn't been for God intervening. Joseph could have missed out completely. Missed it. Like every other night, Joseph laid down, fell asleep, and while he was sleeping, God came to him in a dream. And, and first God said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Though, though Mary was called his wife during this betrothal period, she had not yet uh, gone to live with him as a true married couple. And, and, and God was saying, it's okay, now's the time. It's time to enter into this, the final piece of this covenant relationship, a God-honoring relationship sealed by his approval. And so far in this dream, Joseph was sleeping sound. But then the Lord spoke to him and said, this baby that your wife is carrying is not your own. And maybe in the dream, he's like, well, I knew that, duh. Nor is it another man. Huh? It's mine. Mary has become pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And maybe it went like this, don't, don't ask, just believe. Never before and never again will such a miracle take place. Jesus would become the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of people's sins. You're to name him Jesus, you're to name him Yeshua, the one who saves. I don't know, do you ever need a wake-up call like Joseph to get your focus off of handling life on your own and being convinced that God is capable of handling the things that life, that we spend so much time, so much energy trying to fix? Imagine if you received a note from God that went like this. This is God. Today I will be handling all of your promise, or problems for you. I don't need your help. So have a nice day, I love you. P.S. And remember, if life happened to deliver a situation to you that you cannot handle, do not attempt to resolve it yourself. Kindly put it in the SFGTD box, something for God to do box, and I'll get to it in my time. All situations will be resolved, but in my time, not yours. In my way, not your way. And once the matter is placed into the box, kindly, here's the hard part, remove your hands from it and let it go. Your way is good, but my way is best. Just a side note, Joseph could have spared himself of all of this worrying and planning and work he had to put into fixing this problem with Mary had he just listened and believed her in the first place. Why we men are so stubborn, I'll never know. I think we would gain back years, men, if we would just listen to the women in our life. Seems like they're always right. Like the old saying, if someone could do something 80% as good as you, what is the saying? Then let them do it, right? Do you think God could do something in your life 80% as good as you? Then let him. 
Next, trust God's plan, 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I am certain Joseph, like any other good man who was about to marry, had a plan. Where would they live? What would they do? How would they balance their finances? How would they raise children? You see, what Joseph failed to recognize is that God had a plan and even spoke about it hundreds of years prior, and Joseph would be involved. Joseph may have thought that he was writing his own script, but really, God was writing the story. Life changes when we're able to see that life is about something so much greater than our own routines, our own habits, our own choices. The Christian life is about living a life that is much bigger than self. It's about living in the realm of God's plan for you. Just a heads up. God's plan for you involves pain, involves struggle, involves hard work, calloused hands, suffering and sacrifice, joy and celebration, peace and contentment. You know why? Because he's molding and shaping you into the likeness of Jesus and it takes all of those things, each piece of the recipe that he throws in to your life. Number four, follow God's plan. Verse 24 and 25 says this. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So he came full circle. (laughs) He went from the shocking news of her pregnancy to trying to figure it all out on his own and fix it, to paying attention to God's plan, to trusting God's plan by being reminded that Mary's pregnancy was not just on a whim, but had been planned since the beginning of time. Now he only had one last thing to do. Follow God's plan. Everything hinges on our obedience. Will we choose to follow God's plan no matter what? Will we choose to follow God's plan even when it doesn't make sense? Even when it's hard? Even when it's different than your own? Even when people make assumptions like they did with Joseph and Mary. Let me leave you with one thing. It's really short. And it's simple and it kind of summarizes everything that we've talked about. Make God's plan your plan. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for this amazing example that you have shown us through the life of Joseph and how you worked in his life and how he eventually came full circle to doubting, to questioning, maybe from embarrassment, to trusting you and obeying your your lead. 
God, every person here, myself included, we know that you are working in our lives. Scripture teaches us that. We know that you're changing us into the likeness of Christ, but we also know how easy it is to ignore everything that you're doing and just to go about our way. Lord, I believe right now that you are speaking to some of us and there's something you're trying to show us. We're not seeing it. We're not getting it. But maybe today would be the day as we turn our attention to you and trust you. Thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.